Hi, I'm Britton LaRue, and this is Moon to Moon. Moon to Moon is a space to consider, celebrate, and share the ways we come home to ourselves, anchor through change, and uncover our power. One month, one phase, one loving step at a time. Dear listener, I'm recording this under the new moon in Leo with Venus at the top of the sky in Cancer on July 28th, 2022. And this is an important episode to me that I'm sharing with you. The astrology of this summer has been so interesting as it plays out through me. In my own chart, if you know charts, I have cancer in the fourth house, which is a fairly interior space. In fact, it rules our physical interior spaces, like our home, our living space but also the corridors of memory and the psychic landscape of who we have been through the blood, through our memory banks and how the past lives still in the present. And Man, I mean, I have not been able to do much work. I have just been, it's almost like I feel like, please reach out to me to tell me about, if you know charts and you know your fourth house sign and you think about that sign season for you each year, if like this happens to you, or is it a specifically Cancerian experience, but I really have been in a, in what feels like a disintegration of like return to past in order to like let parts of me release to the past and get really close to them from the present and then say goodbye to them. Um it's been a watery time and I've spent a lot of time with family and I've been to the family land of Minnesota where my grandpa built a cabin in 1962. The only sure constant in my life is probably that place. But I, that's not the, the homeland. The homeland is Sweden and I also went to Sweden in cancer season so It's been a quiet time. I have not been up for any kind of uh, Instagram postings, newsletters, like the work that I've been doing across this time has been interior, a lot of listening, 
a lot of self-care and um, kind of quiet behind the scenes work for current clients and for the collaborations that uh, are central to my work, namely my collaborations with writing projects with Angela George, who was my guest on last week's Leo episode, and my collaborations with Jonathan Coe, which you will hear all about in this episode. So I feel sort of like um, I notice that I've had a quiet anxiety from a part of myself who... um, is like what we can call my inner manager. I have a, many of us have a manager part of us who helped us um, survive and thrive and make things happen for us in our youth, some younger self, and then can live strong in us as adults, that part of us that's like, on top of it like getting it done and taking care of things and like regulating like tasks and um I've been in deep relationship with this part of myself for several years in order to facilitate a softening for myself around the urgency of deadlines as capitalism lives in my system and um to allow myself to feel softer around anything that might create the anxiety of like I need to manage something you know so that a like wiser more long time patient authority within myself can help me have a more clear perspective on um, timelines and so I noticed I would have these little moments where my inner manager would flare up like you need to be communicating you need to be sending newsletters you need to be and just the awareness of like that part of myself being almost through water you know like through the water like that voice getting garbled and some part of me looking at that manager part of myself like yeah that the urgency of your message is not coming through (laughs) and just like feeling really grateful that like my nervous system could not match the message of the the manager in any way that like moved adrenaline through my body to like force myself to work on something you know it was just a real time of um nope you know what I've been learning about myself as a manifesting generator from human design is um really respecting that it's a waste of my energy to activate into work if I'm not feeling an inspiration just dropping in and thus work that's like I should do this or work that's fear-based like people will forget me if I'm not posting you know like it's all just such a waste of energy because 
like it will just fall and like not have anywhere to go that's really actually that exciting and my my creativity wants to move through me because I feel like something just drops in and lights me up and so it's been a really powerful summer in terms of release and quietude and listening and really just being just being with people being with memory being with only the levels of work that I really either need to or want to get give my attention and um, being a lot of dreaming because as you'll be hearing about in this conversation, a huge part of what I've been doing the last few months has been dreaming into being a new astrological foundations container with my uh, former student, current client, current collaborator, and very, very, very dear, dear, dear friend across lifetimes, Jonathan Coe. And it has just been a, a period of wonder and joy because I've been giving myself a lot of space for that listening and a lot of space for trusting and a lot of space for just having fun and letting collaborations be a play space. So it is in this episode then that we now introduce what the two of us have been um, co-creating together behind the scenes. We've been teasing to certain communities that is coming and now here it is. And so I do want to share a little bit of the logistics of how this course promo is going to be. So this conversation and several future conversations about our course, which is titled Astrology as Praxis, Remembering Your Participation in the Cosmic Body. I'm going to say that again because it's really awesome and we don't actually talk about the title. I don't even think we say the title in our whole conversation, which is adorable and just so and perfect actually because we wanted to have a whole separate conversation just about the title. So that's going to come, I think, next week. So the title is Astrology as Praxis, Remembering Your Participation in the cosmic body. And it's a year-long learning container for those who want to feel astrology not only in their minds, but in their whole selves. And it's a really, in our dream space, a place to activate wonder in community. So we're going to have several conversations and these conversations are going to be um, published both here in Moon to Moon and on Jonathan's podcast, Healing the Spirit. So inviting you to pick either one, 
to listen to. Our intros and outros will be just single, whoever's hosting, you know, who it's, it's just me talking here because this is Moon to Moon's publishing of our shared conversations. And then we're going to have a lot of IG lives where we talk about different components of the course and topics in the course. Um, and we both will have our own separate newsletters. So I'm inviting you to be on both my newsletter as well as Jonathan's newsletter because we're going to be channeling different things in each other's newsletter spaces. So registration for this class, we have a whole month till then. It's not till August 26th, 27th, and 28th. It's a three-day registration window. And then we start September 10th. So at this point, I'm, I'm inviting you to just come play with the thematics, come listen to the vibe, feel the vibe, rather, listen to the ideas, listen for the heart of it, listen for the fire of it. Just let it, let its whole world of topics and invitations bring you in whether or not you have any intention of taking this class whether or not you have any interest in being in an astrology container the zones of discussion that are coming up for us to talk about in this four-week promo window are so sprawling so expansive that they're really like broad conversations that are just really exciting. It's really exciting to be talking about the things that we're setting ourselves up to be talking about and sharing with you. So I'm so excited to share a conversation, which is the introduction to the vibe that we're setting for this. And I'm excited to be sharing through the written word as well, all that's been coming up for me as astrology, as praxis, has been moving into my psychic space, moving into my energetic space, my my heart space, my intellectual field. As it's been moving through different parts of me these last few months, other things had to go, you know? And I think that's part of why I've just been feeling so kind of like winter the last, I don't know, six weeks. Um, it's almost like my body needed to be in a winter in order to rest because so much was like going on under the surfaces of this of, of that rest you know and being with the body that is astrology as praxis is one of a course container beings that it's different than anything else that I've worked with because it just seems bigger being a such a collective voice and honestly like being in the magic of co-creating in this very mystical zone has like taught me so much about magic and creativity and that like the making of this almost could become its own curriculum on how to create containers in like mystical magical ways so stay tuned. <laughs> All right, then. I don't want to over talk. I really want to get you in there. So wishing you on your way. 
to this beautiful conversation with my dear, dear, dear friend and co-creator, Jonathan Coe. Hi, Jonathan. <laughs> Hi, Britton. Uh, so excited to sit with you and create this conversation. I have been so excited all day. <laughs> well, um, so the way I understand the plan is we both have questions for one another. And we're going to take turns asking one another questions. And yeah. so... You've, you've asked me to begin, and I'm excited to do that because I like to go first. <laughs> All right. So here's this. This question has some presuppositions or, or things we can accept to be true, but we can also disagree with these. So mm -hmm. the first of these um, things that we can accept to be true is that many of us feel that astrology claims us. Um, like I feel that astrology claimed me. You hear people talk about being claimed by astrology. So feel free to feel into whether that even resonates for you. Um, but if you accept it to be true that at some level, astrology claimed you, and if we think about um, and accept to be true, the idea that the conditions or the context of the beginning or the origins, um, the, the first start of something tells us something about the lifetime of the thing that got started, um, which is something that astrology does. Um, if we go to the origins of you being claimed we might say by astrology and wonder about how the conditions of that context can tell us something about your relationship to astrology across time i was wondering if uh, you would share about the personal and cosmic uh, conditions so to speak of like your original being claimed by by astrology because i think that um the nature of those conditions then can tell can tell us and um tell listeners uh, about how you relate to astrology um yeah. how it's showing up across your life so far mm -hmm. wow what a beautiful question thank you for that <laughs> um yeah i feel like astrology really came to me during a time of in many ways and in retrospect great need i mm -hmm. feel like i was really at a point where i started to to lose myself and you know in 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 those moments of feeling like you've lost yourself or your identity it can feel really scary and it can feel really um 
destabilizing, but I think it's also always an invitation to another way of looking at the self, right? And and often I've been thinking about this a lot in terms of really letting go of this idea that the self is an individual and rather mm-hmm. that the self is part of a greater collective body that there is each of us right are part of um we're all part of a symphony and we play one instrument and some of us may play that instrument really really well but still we are operating in the context of the greater music that moves all of us right So speaking of music, I really kind of came into astrology because I was um I was trying to write my next album. That's what it was. I started reading Julia Cameron's um book and and let me preface this before I even get to that story. I I was called to astrology from I would say a very young age. I remember being a young child looking at my aunt's um magazine when I was um maybe about 5 maybe a lot younger than that actually maybe 3 or 4 and looking at those magazines and just looking at my my sun sign which was pisces and i remember vividly being very attracted to virgo actually <laughs> from the get go i didn't know anything about astrology i didn't know that virgo is the opposite of pisces i didn't know that i was a virgo rising but i just intuitively knew that looking at those horoscopes I was really drawn to the Virgo one and I had no idea why that would be. So I think I started there and then also in in my early 20s another call to astrology kind of happened, right, which was um I was I was in grad school and I I had friends around me who were really into pop astrology. and we were just always talking about dating through the lens of astrology which was always fun um but and and i think during this period i was i bought a lot of books i studied a little bit by myself but it wasn't something that i allowed myself to really pursue until i released my music and then um and then in some ways you know it was a lifelong dream come true but also a bit of a um a bit of a dissolution because i think i was really getting very disappointed by how that creative project and its release was received in the greater world so then i think that um dissolution of my identity started to there was this part of me that was um that was done with one chapter of my life and then i think i begin to start asking what else is out there what else is um what else am i interested in and how can i honor these callings that are within me so i started meditating and then i read julia cameron's the artist's way and then i found you britain and i found that we have the same birthday which was just so mind blowing because my grandma also had the same birthday and then later you became my first astrology teacher and in the process of learning astrology 
we both found out that Julia Cameron also shared the same person <laughs> with us. So I would say the origin point, you know, was it's hard for me in my human mind to really think about what was the origin point. But if I have to narrow it down into one, I would say I was brought into astrology by synchronicity and by magic. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, that's been true of my my journey in astrology because again and again working with this language working with the system with this way of looking at the world has taught me the things that i am not and it's just been a process of kind of delayering and letting go of of identities that are not me Mm-hmm. A, a, an example I would bring to the table is um, giving readings. I think every single reading is emergent and every single reading is always a collaboration with the person in front of me as well as their cosmic spirit guides, right? So I never know what's going to happen and my cosmic spirit guides too. I never know what's going to happen and even if I planned it out, it never turned out to be the way that I planned it. So mm-hmm. for me, my journey with astrology, if I have to summarize it in one sentence, has been about learning what it means to resource oneself so that one can be in a state of wonder and mm. live in that state of wonder and enchantment. Because to me, that is the most delicious feeling. And yet, for many of us, our trauma, the ways that we have been conditioned by society, our inability to listen to our own intuitive emergent selves have prevented us from truly accessing that state of wonder. Mm-hmm. And yeah. truly living in that place because... Wonder is a bit destabilizing to the ego, (laughs) (laughs) to say the least. (laughs) Um, How about you, Britton? I'm curious to hear about how you came into astrology and and in what ways you feel that that constant unfolding with this language, with this system, with this um, magical practice has informed you in terms of your path and and maybe even how you are living your life at the moment or how you wish to live your life in the future i know that's a very massive question (laughs) yeah i love it bring the messy uh well first of all i wanted to share that this interesting thing happened as i was noting in my journal what you said i had heard disillusion like d-i-s i think it's s-o-l-u-t-i-o-n mm-hmm. like dissolve mm-hmm. um and like this idea of like uh, a self that is in a state of dissolving in some way um but then i realized as i was as you said it again and i thought i think they said disillusion actually like d-i-s-i-l-l-u-s-i 
O-N, and I, which is also just like so incredible in the sense of like realizing that maybe your identity or your path or what you think mattered to you was a kind of illusion in a way as you were realizing that maybe that's not who I am and not what I want and this is not my path. And like, I, I feel like both of those together are really fun to tease out in terms of, um, I think a lot of people do find themselves claimed by astrology in a time of both dissolving and the sense of disillusionment with what they thought they were supposed to be or what they thought like happiness was or mm-hmm. how they are supposed to belong and feel safe in this world based on what they had learned from their conditioning. Yeah. And um, I see that again and again with those that I have attracted to astrology. Um, And I think that for myself too, right? Like that was the same for me because actually (laughs) right before we hopped on, I found the email. Um, It was October 11th. Uh, 2017 at 6.01 p.m. I have the email from my brother with the PDF of my chart and a note saying you're going to be getting something letting you know that you um, will have the next new moon uh, cycle with the Chani Nicholas's uh, like new moon in Libra or something like this wow. cycle. Wow. So I, I was able to just look up like the actual chart of when I got my chart. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so in that, at that time, that was probably a week after my do- my ex-husband and I told our daughters we were separating. And I started to have 50% of my time child-free. And I would spend that time away from my children in a tiny little duplex apartment um, that was barely furnished is like a little hermit space. And, um, I had been teaching myself based on those I was studying from how to connect to the lunar cycle and doing hours and hours of meditation, connecting intuitively to my guides, to past lives, to like really deep intuitive work to understand myself, to know myself, because everything that was my reality was actually literally dissolving. My marriage was, the contract was dissolving. My identity was dissolving. And I had learned these new mystical tools to access parts of myself just within the last six months, um, six, seven months. And so I was at this moment of like complete openness cosmically. This was Neptune on my sun year, two years. And I looked it up and actually Saturn was in it was in the, at the end of Sagittarius trining my Saturn um, in Leo at the time of getting that chart, my, my birth chart. And I was just available to other ways of knowing myself to like basically let the illusion of my ego's um, stabilizing needs uh, just move on out the door um, and very, very open 
to alternative ways of being, alternative ways of knowing, alternative ways of interacting, alternative ways of talking to myself, alternative ways of visioning possibilities, like so open. It's just kind of a miracle, right? Like synchronicity that like this miraculous opening to envision. And, um, and in that space, when I, my chart arrives, I didn't even know a chart existed and, uh, immediately was like, I know this, I remember it. I just need to find the teachers and, um, just let it completely claim me and just obsessed as I've seen others be obsessed, you know, like you just like cannot get enough. <laughs> so um, I think that if we then look at that origin story as it's been playing out since, you know, I just have really been, I've allowed myself to be claimed by the idea of emergence, as you know, um, um, uh, really open to the idea of shedding and trusting what's coming in. And I feel that I've created a practice with astrology with other people where um, I feel that people feel safe in their own shedding processes with me and letting the chart help someone go through those processes because it like is a mimic or like a, a mirror, a reflection, um, like a fractal similarity to my own, um, meeting of astrology. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm curious to explore this path a little bit because what I'm hearing Britain is that you were maybe primarily interested in meeting your mystical self in that process mm -hmm. and yet astrology has also been taught or the way that astrology is generally taught is very analytical astrology itself is a system right it's a way to kind of put into um a form that can be understood by our human minds something that's so big that none of us can ever even tap into. So I'm curious mm. to hear from your perspective, what drew you to astrology in the midst of that intuitive exploration? And also maybe you can share a little bit about how you learn astrology. And, and, and I know that knowing your backstory, you've spent a lot of time learning in your life right? And how mm -hmm. would you say that learning astrology has been different or the same as the previous learnings that you've done in your life? Mm, wow, yes. Um, I feel that it's the combination of the, the mystical and the heady um, analytical that was very attractive to me about astrology. I love the analytical brain. Um, I love math. Like I love, um, I like the geometry of astrology, you know, like yeah. I love seeing charts in my head and kind of doing the math, even from memory with myself and clients. Um, and just, it's pleasurable to me, the, the headiness. Um, 
And I think my long background in um, academia really helped me quickly navigate the field to find teachers that I felt um, had a kind of both a critical and um, a like ethical perspective and a pol- even a political perspective that I could admire mm. um, taking what I liked and leaving the rest behind. Um, but I feel like if it was just heady, it was not going to work for me at that moment in my life or instilled to this day. Um, I feel that as I started to receive from teachers, like lists or um, descriptions of signs or planets say, I just would start to feel them. um, And like, then intuitively really let myself kind of plunge down into the waters with them and just like know them at these deep places Mm. and vibrate (laughs) with the frequencies of what I was learning and like have actual conversations with these frequencies and um, just going to very mystical places very early on, trusting that my own gnosis with the language has as much value as anything that I could memorize. And that if I, if the more I got tripped up on memorizing or like getting it right, so to speak, the the more like it wasn't working or like I, it wasn't really landing for me. I had to continually um, push through my own fears about letting it speak to me intuitively while also kind of like keeping an eye on the integrity of that. Like it is an old system, so you can't just like make stuff up, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but like there's this interesting line around that, um, that I, I found that it's, it's intuitive to navigate. Um, so I'm trying to feel back into the origins of your question, (laughs) but yeah, I feel that, um, as a practitioner, it's been a process to see other people doing their careers and kind of dabble with oh, I could have a career like that person, or I could be like that kind of astrologer. And just slowly allowing myself to shed preconceptions around what astrology teacher, podcast, astrology podcast uh, host, um, astrologer, all those things, like just letting things fall off that just aren't really what my gifts are. So I feel like, astrology isn't even the main thing that I think that I'm doing, but it's like so deeply um, in it's the, it's the, like the language I'm speaking. Um, So it's so present, like the grammar is, you can't escape the grammar of a language, you know? So it's like, I love the structure and I love um, like moving off the structure and letting it talk to me and, the way the ways it wants to. Mm. So for me, foremost is always, is it helpful? And like with each client or with each day of my life, however much I need to be um, deep into the 
the rules, say to, so to speak, of astrology kind of shifts depending on what's helpful. Yeah. I so to me, what's very inspiring from what you are sharing is something that I've been. I feel like it really feeds into something that I've been thinking about with regards to any sort of mystical or magical practices, which is that the thing that attracts us to it are maybe the insights, the brilliant insights of the teacher, right? Or mm-hmm. or listening to a delineation about our birth chart that makes us feel so seen. But the longer that I've been in this path, the more I realize that the point is the process, not really mm-hmm. the insights, because the insights come through at a time and the insights are emergent, right? They come through at a time when we need the insights. And that's why the insights were so powerful because it is rooted in time in a way. Mm-hmm. And outside of this rooting of the, the time and the context, the same insight may not have the same power. So it's really the process of us getting to that insight that that is the point. The point is to as you playfully um, and I think perhaps maybe unconsciously shared in one of our eclipse webinars, it's the point is to walk with the planets mm-hmm. because the walk itself is the point and not really even the um, the idea of what is like the correct astrology, you know, or the right way to interpret this. But but um yeah, I, I love that. And I'm also thinking I think something that you said about shedding layers of projection is so powerful for me to reflect on because for a for a lot of us I think the process of coming into our own authentic self really looks like that right we first put this model in front of us of what astrology looks like or what astrology sounds like or what an astrologer looks like but then realizing that in the process of coming into terms with the fact that it doesn't that's not what really resonates with us we come into greater authenticity we come into a sense of oh this is this is who i am actually and really just living that and also knowing that that will change along the way yes and that um our passions in the field in a given period of time will change like maybe you're just like obsessed with the lunar cycle for a while like uh and then you just start to realize like i think what i'm really into is Saturn returns <laughs> like like you just start yeah. to realize and that you don't need to panic about um or I've learned I don't need to panic about like declaring um allegiance to certain parts of astrology and not others and just trusting that to follow like the emergent passion that's here and and ride with that and it will take care of me um Mm -hmm. and and bring to me those with whom who are also resonating with that that i'm riding in that given window of my life yeah and we'll play in it together and Mm -hmm. that's what we'll do until we're not playing that 
anymore and we're doing i'm doing another thing <laughs> exactly and and you know something i want to bring into the table here as someone who learned astrology from you and you were you were my first astrology teacher um I think something that you really hold maybe as a tenet in your astrology practice, and feel free to correct me if, or, or to add anything to what I'm saying, is that idea of really allowing um, yourself to not really, to hold any allegiance to any particular astrological school or, or sect. And, and this is interesting because I've had my own journey with it too, in that my astrological learning process has been learning from many different teachers and many different astrological traditions, like really getting to know what evolutionary astrology is all about, what Hellenistic astrology is all about, what archetypal astrology is about. And I think ultimately, or, or inevitably, when I'm learning from these different traditions, these different teachers, whichever one I am really deepening my relationship with at the moment there can be like a saturnian hardening around that right like because i'm in the process of learning of of questioning of installing a particular software into my human brain right there can yes. be a sense of like needing to defend particular um schools of astrology but where I've come to that feels really resonant to me right now is to really understand astrology, especially if we, if we know the history of astrology in the West as having this broken lineage, right? Um, trusting that all of the different influences and all of the different schools have something to teach us and is actually an integral part of our history as astrologers in the air quotes West. Mm -hmm. like really trusting that you know that movement of evolutionary astrology for example came from a very specific time in our history that fulfills a need for that particular generation and that there's still something we can learn about that even if we are not strictly speaking an evolutionary astrologer or <laughs> thinking about hellenistic astrology and hellenistic astrology is an interesting one right because there is still so much we don't know about the system. There are still so many texts that are not yet translated from that tradition. And how can we bring what we have known from the scholarship of, um, you know, really smart and dedicated scholars to, to see in what ways that study can be relevant to us in 2022? Yeah, I love that. I think we've talked about this before that um, for me, I really love the idea of in one hand holding this sense of like astrology is all astrologies. We all have access to astrology at any given moment. Like astrology is alive across all like time portals and it's all part of this like larger being that is astrology that we all um, can can be a part of. Yes. And on the other hand, like also recognizing the historicity of astrology and that it's written by human beings um, from their particular moments in time. They're 
that contains their own biases and all the like human things about them. That's it's, it's talking to other astrologers past and present from those time periods. And that like, it's also good to be very aware that astrology is part of its own history. It has its own specific histories and as like good students, so to speak, you know, as um, students of integrity, we also ask questions like, when was this written? What were the, was the, what was the social context of this idea? You know, like, yeah. uh, who were they talking to? Um, and it does it resonate for me to just take all of this whole into myself and trust it, you know? And so it's like, I think it's both and, and I think astrologers today, um, like to me, it's just good practice to hold both very seriously. Absolutely. You know, and lovingly. Absolutely. And I think that piece about holding it lovingly is so <laughs> <laughs> it's so resonant and so important because as any person who has spent a lot of time in educational institutions can attest, as both of us have, you know, the way that we have adopted learning or approach learning as um people in the 21st century in quote-unquote the west there's a lot of violence around it there's a lot of violence in the ways that we've been forced to learn a certain way or to believe that certain ways of knowing or certain ways of learning are less valid than another and so mm -hmm. i think that process of really feeling into how can i learn astrology in a loving way is so important and so shifting and so healing yes and and thinking too about um yeah the harmful impacts of astrology on people and individuals and the lasting pain of a of a reading people people can be experience trauma from a difficult reading from someone, you know? And Absolutely. so the, the words one speaks uh, from this language, it's really, it's, it, it, to me, it's like a high, high responsibility to be taken very, very seriously um, in order to show up in ways that cause least harm and are full of love and ultimately not about like being brilliant. It's about how can like, how can we participate in building a world that we, we want to see here, you know, and how the Absolutely. language can help us with that work. Absolutely. And that really brings me to my next question for you, Ooh. which is around, <laughs> <laughs> around what it means to, what it means for you to build community around the process of learning astrology. Um, and for listeners who don't know, I don't know, do you want to tell the story, Britton? How did you end up teaching astrology? Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'll get to where you're going. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think you're reading my mind right now. I'm, I'm like, reading you. <laughs> um, right. So, um, well, I'm like, a I'm a Hierophant life card. I, in this, and what that means to me is like, 
there's something about the digestion of knowledge that in like I like can't help myself but just want to like um feel into like how then to share what I learned from that knowledge in a way that might be helpful to someone. Um, whether that's like a friend to friend conversation over coffee or like anything, like I just, it's like what I do is I, is I look for like wisdom nuggets in like all situations and all forms of like learning anything. Yeah. And so, sharing as part of that digestive process. Right? Yes. And it's like, mm-hmm. Ooh, I think I'm understanding how to, how to talk about this. Does anyone want to hear how, how I'm finding how to talk about this? Like, would you like to come hang out with me and we can talk about like how this is firing my brain in these ways? Um, yeah. So I came to a point then and after being an astrologer one-on-one for a while um, to the point of creating some online classes. The first one I did was a Pisces focus class as a Pisces, um, just wanting to basically create a love letter to Pisces and help those connect with the Pisces in themselves and help Pisces people um, (laughs) love themselves for their Piscean qualities that are, you know, deeply misunderstood in our culture. And I created a moon class to help um, teach about the moon and inner child healing and um, spiritual reparenting with the lunar cycle and um, learn about how your moon sign can help you with parenting, self-parenting. And so then having dabbled in some of those smaller containers, I felt called once we came into March, 2020 lockdown to be of service in that time where people were inside um, and just like, I know what we'll do. We'll learn astrology together. Anyone want to learn astrology? Anyone want to know about how I'm finding that how this will change your life and be amazing as your life is dissolving (laughs) Mm -hmm. and you're in deep disillusionment to come back to our uh, early keywords. Yeah. Um, And you were one of those people. And um, it was a beautiful, it was a beautiful experience together. And what I learned um, from a longer container is something that's now been on repeat in my longer containers is to my great surprise, astrology showed me that it's a, it's a language for constellating community. Like I didn't, create a course to create community. I created it to help individuals feel better about their own lives. And what I witnessed was people loving each other and they're doing it through talking astrology. And it was like, what? Cause I never thought of myself as a community constellator. I was always like a loner. I never mm. wanted to do group stuff. I never wanted even a partner You know, it was like, I was just kind of like a Saturnian person in my study carol doing everything myself. Um, And I was going to say the Saturn rule your 11th house. (laughs) Not surprising. (laughs) This Aquarius 11th house is where I have my part of fortune. For those of you who collect data on um, charts, 
I never known what to do about that, except there it is. Like, um, I feel that there's a frequency that I emit that allows people to find one another through me calling the meeting basically. (laughs) And it's through like, let's talk astrology together that we all like fall in love with each other. That seems to be what happens. (laughs) That's been my great delight. I can definitely attest to that. I've seen it happen in your containers so beautifully. Yes. Um, did I? What was that? Your question? Yeah, um, and I, I think my follow-up question to that would be, how has it been? Because I know you, in many ways, your astrology learning journey was sounds like a solitary one. Sounds like very hermit card to me. And then it's almost like that, you know, Britain's love for learning astrology and for applying this to her life begins to ripple outwards into one-on-one clients and then deeper into various courses. And then with you so graciously inviting me to begin um, being your 13th reader at first for your other container, The Magician's Table, and then to be your TA for uh, Soft Strength, which was the moon class you were talking about, and then to charting your course last year to be your collaborator. And and I'm curious what this process has been like for you in expanding that, in a way, sphere of influence, but maybe also shrinking your sphere of control, right? Oh, <laughs> I feel like this is what people never talk about, right? People are always like, I want to I wanna expand my sphere of influence. I'm always saying, do you know that that also means as a Virgo rising? This is one of my, <laughs> something that I think about all the time. It's like, when you increase your sphere of influence, you're going to be shrinking your s- sphere of control. Mm-hmm. Yes. And like, if you had told me way at the beginning, like, this is how it's going to be. You're going to be... Um, you're going to really love collaborating and sharing control and and co-creating. I'd be like, what? Never. That is not (laughs) me at all. But just like that slow process of inviting you in and just feeling like everything's better when Jonathan's here. (laughs) I love it. Um, Really just like following what's more fun. Um, To be honest, I just... I think um, that's made it feel okay to to let go of some creative control and also like the kind of like who's holding the mic question, you know, Mm. because for me, it's always like, it feels like chaos when I don't understand who's in charge, you know? And so the idea of co-creating has always felt scary because it's like, how will this get done if we don't have a clear system for who's in charge here? Um, I had never experienced a model of sharing that, that had felt like it had uh, outcomes that I admired, Mm. you know, or a process that I enjoyed. And so um, we're (laughs) working with you um, was like a healing experience because as I let go, I could see that it was okay and actually even better and release myself from the pressure of needing to be and do and know all things, which is something I've been healing from, from academia for quite some time too. 
um, that kind of model of teaching, um, moving into like a circular space of sharing um, and decentering. So that has been really beautiful. But as we realized, um, like there was something power so powerful about last year because we were able to witness the impact of our teamwork and the impact of our co-teaching for others while also feeling um, somewhat, shall we say, disillusioned yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with like the, totally. old, uh, the old structure of the class that I had created solo, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think this goes back to um, you and I joke a lot about how we have really prominent Capricorn placements in our charts and and how um, even in my, my very first reading with you, we were talking about Capricorn. And I remember shedding tears when you shared that story about Capricorn being the mountain goat that rises to the top of the mountain and then realizes it's not their mountain to climb. And so climbing down another mountain and figuring out which mountain, like which mountain is mine to climb, right? Is the Capricorn question. And to me, this idea of container and integrity of container, integrity of vision, as well as inclusivity of container really came up in our collaboration with charting your course, which was um, our seven month astrology learning container, because as you mentioned, it was clearly very impactful for those who participated. And we also started noticing data around the ways that maybe this container wasn't expansive enough to include all of Britain and Jonathan. And there were also maybe ways that that container came out of a particular process and a particular time that no longer represent the two of us. Yes. Yes. And there was a period of sort of like, like what I would call the unemergent no. Um, mm. Like there was a pre-emergent no, the no that's emerging, where I think we both felt frustrated. Um, and I feel like that's a symptom of an emergent no that's <laughs> going to show up is like, why am I so frustrated? Or like, you know, yeah. frustrated energy. And then um, it was just so beautiful and powerful to um, share together our, our readiness to compost charting your course and also with it, the emerging desire to create a new course being um, container together. Yes. And notably, it was the day that Jupiter was on Pisces degree 13, which is the degree of our Pisces sons. Yes. So um, such a beautiful mo- moment to, in our friendship and collaboration to just name this isn't working the way we want it to, but that doesn't mean we don't want to work together. Actually, we are dying to keep working together. Exactly. We just want to like start again, you know, yes. and um, oh, that was just such a freeing moment and so exciting. 
Because yeah. we knew something was going to come in, but we didn't know quite what it would be yet. Right. And I'm also feeling into, you know, even though we haven't really started our container yet, how what, you know, it, in retrospect, looking back at that moment, what I realized was wanting to come through for me personally is a way to help people heal their, um, shall we say, teacher-student dynamic um, trauma. Mm -hmm. Because, and, and this, I'm really kind of speaking for myself here, having grown up in, um, having grown up in Indonesia within the context of a very particular subset of Asian culture, there's a lot of reverence towards the guru, the teacher. Even the word guru itself, right, did not come from the West. <laughs> like the mm -hmm. word guru came from, from India, right? And, mm -hmm. and it speaks to this Eastern way of looking at our lineage, of looking at um, the teachers that came before us that was full of beautiful reverence, but sometimes also it's, I think, important to name the mm, distortion of power that is inherent in this in this format of having the guru you know the one who knows everything and i i think it's so f fascinating britain that you are like as a teacher you are the furthest thing from that <laughs> you know Aww. and and really i think us working together, bringing this new uh, container forward, having two people mentor um, those who are wanting to learn the language of astrology and want to deepen their practice is to me like almost like a um, setting up the container to help heal some of these wounds for people who do struggle with that, you know, of... of uh, I think at the end of the day, it, it really comes down to the pattern of disempowerment, right? Because mm. all of us have been, all of us, you know, the truth is, on a soul level, all of us have a piece of the divine speaking through us, right? All of us have that um, cosmic wisdom. And the reality is also that we live in a culture that... Um, like let's let's just name it you know we live in a culture that this that this encourages us or discourages us from from claiming that for ourselves right that we do know deep down like i i really am brought back to that moment where you speak about the moment of learning astrology and feeling like i already know this in my body right? Mm -hmm. That is what we are really hoping to share with others. And also having the perspectives of two different people who have different upbringings, different temperaments, uh, same degree of the sun, but, but <laughs> you know, different rising signs, right? Yes. We are really kind of bringing into the table this idea that there are many different ways into astrology that are all valid and all beautiful. And how can we invite ourselves to to heal the ways that we've been taught that that particular way into astrology is not valid mm -hmm. and maybe you know i'm sure as we weave the lessons together we will have disagreements you know and we will lovingly uh, approach those disagreements as 
the different ways that astrologers can think about this really beautiful system that is still evolving, that is still alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's an arc that I see and I welcome it is there's this sort of like, I think to commit to an astrology container at the beginning, I think an essential agreement is a bit of audacity (laughs) because, (laughs) because you're really overcoming a lot, you know, like there is a lot of just like, I just decided I'm not going to give a fuck anymore. And I'm just going to do this because Mm. you're potentially going up against what a lot of people in your family or community might deeply disagree with and find problems with. Um, You're like calling yourself part of a lineage or claiming to want to participate in a lineage that in many ways is like preposterous, far off, woo, crazy to a lot of people. You know, Mm -hmm. there is so much audacity to me in just like, yeah, I'm going to learn this. Um, And like welcoming that, like right out of the gates, I just get so excited to see people showing up because the energy that's brought into a space with that, like clicking of the button audacity is really powerful. And I just feel so swollen with like, uh, just honor to witness people like so glowing and like, I can't believe I'm doing this kind of feels, you know? Yeah. Right. But then there's like this process too of, um, there's some insecurity around like the complexity of the language, like that you holding space for the astrology student to be like mad at it to be resentful at it, to be frustrated. Like, I'm never going to learn it. Like, it's not making sense to me. Like, I don't know what the answers are. You know, there's a lot um, as a space holder to just let this, let that just be there. Like that's part of learning. Like, it's not easy. (laughs) Like if, if it was super easy and if it didn't take a lot of your time and energy and attention to learn, like everyone would just be doing this um, at that, at this level, I mean, I want everyone to be, but it is time takes time, you know? And so I think as, as a space holder for it, it's a powerful thing to just kind of hold, um, and just let people have all of their feelings and like, let people even be mad at, at the teacher, you know, cause like, why is it, why is this so hard? But then there starts to be these shifts, especially through like the conversational nature of storytelling with the lessons or with what we're learning. And people, people just start to, you start to feel this softening happening as people let go of these ideas of what learning looks like and what being good at this looks like and what excelling looks like. There starts to be this softening that takes over the space as um, facilities starting to come in and like, there's this sense of, I think I can talk about this now, or like, um, it's resonating in my body or like, I had a dream about Mars last night, you know, like these things start happening and you feel that softening. And then I feel like you can, even as people get deeper and deeper with it, I can feel as the space holder, 
the, the, um, the kind of experience you have when you want to, when you realize your teacher has uh, a way of doing something that maybe you disagree with, or like, you just like, don't agree with what they're saying. Um, it doesn't resonate for you, you know, and that's a really empowering feeling as a student. It's a big deal. And it's also part of space holding to me is like just allowing people to be in the process of finding uh, a way of talking about astrology that they prefer over the way you talk about it on certain topics and that being okay too, because part of what we're doing in the space is helping people come into that empowered embodied sense of confidence in the way they want to be relating to the language. And it's not about mimicking how I do it, you know? Yes, exactly. And when we think about the spirit of astrology, right? Maybe not astrology as a system that has its own logic and its own rules and its own um, mechanical ways of working, but really thinking about what is it in the human heart that draws one to astrology? Mm. I think a lot about this idea of our ancestors looking up at the sky and realizing that we are part of this larger symphony of the cosmos, right? And what yeah. does it mean for all of us to be part of the symphony, to go back to that um, metaphor again, and to each be playing the instrument that we've been given, to each be playing our part in making that beautiful symphony? To me, it's so important to both honor what we've been shared, what, what has been shared to us, by our teachers and by various and and teachers are really kind of a broad term here right because so many of us now in the age of the internet learn astrology from people that we've never met or people who have passed on right mm -hmm. um and and how we can honor that how we can respect that and also understand that that for them those insights came from their own particular way of being it came from their yes. perspective and it came from their relationship with their birth chart too, if they're astrologers, yes. right? Which is yes. not our birth chart. Yes. And how we, there, I think there's so much skill is, and, and so much cultivation, a lot of patience and practice comes into this way of holding oneself in the journey of, learning what it means for you specifically as the person that you are with your lineage, whether that's um, human ancestors or more than human ancestors, and your positionality in a particular society, how you're going to be relating to astrology, right? Mm. Because the answer to that question is going to be so different for all of us, and it will change over time too. Yeah, it will. And it's just such a privilege to watch, to be a witness to, for those moving through all of that. Um, learning to feel the right to relate to astrology as per you is like a fractal for you learning to just be you all the damn time yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yes 
Exactly. And I think the beauty about astrology, because it is a symbolic language, is that it invites us into conversations, right? Yes. What it means for you, Britain, to be an Aries rising will be vastly different than what it means for another Aries rising to be an Aries rising. Because not only do you have different charts, even if there's another person who's born at the exact same time as you, right? And also born around you, so have the same exact chart as you, your lived experience will dictate how you interpret that symbolic message from the cosmos. Mm -hmm. And it will be different. Yes. And... What I, what I love again and again experiencing for myself and for and seeing it in others is how in many ways we come to astrology for ourselves, you know, with our own story, our own disillusionment, disillusion with our charts, our positionalities, our strivings, our longings, and then as we share our stories, as we're learning the language, we, we, we see each other so differently because we realize, oh, they have a chart too. Oh, what would that be like to have that placement? You know, what would it be like to experience Saturn and Aquarius in that house, moving through that house, you know, and, and then you start realizing that everything that's about me is also about all of these people and everything that's happening to them like relates to me and oh my God, we're all connected. <laughs> yes, I'm not alone. <laughs> uh, it just has this really beautiful rippling um, and flow back. Exactly. Loops. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what I'm hearing you say is that, yes, there will be these differences and also these similarities, right? And like, mm -hmm. that's the beautiful paradox of being human. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, it, and it, it's like the astrology itself invites you to wonder and ask the questions of what is that like for you? Mm -hmm. You know? And in yes. that, that is like a very, very loving beautiful question to ask another human being yes. like how does that feel you know yes yes <laughs> well <laughs> so, <laughs> so i have a question for you okay if you feel complete on that um i'm like wow that's a mic drop but let's see <laughs> <laughs> Where else can we go from there? <laughs> we might as well stop. <laughs> oh, it's joking. Okay, so... What I wanted to know from you is since Jupiter was on our sun mm. um, in late February, and since we've been dreaming this container um, together, like what has been your favorite or your most 
meaningful or the most exciting aspects of the dreaming process? Wow, so many. I feel like even just this pretty, I wouldn't say, yeah, it's a pretty short period of time that we've been kind of thinking about this container together, Britain, and dreaming and planning it. Um, I think this period has just been so massive for me personally because, first of all, it really feels like a beautiful honoring of our dynamic together and really mm -hmm. kind of healing through some relational dynamics that perhaps were subconscious to us and mm -hmm. maybe the ways in which um, we have unconsciously projected certain things to one another. And, and really being able to talk about that has just been really massive and also seeing how that then translates into the curriculum. Mm -hmm. Because I think what I've seen from our process of working together is as we work through some of these relational dynamics and and um move through move through um patterns that maybe we weren't aware of before that now we became aware of and then we move past it it became fertile ground for creativity mm -hmm. and it became um so so something I should say kind of maybe as a contextual information is that collaboration has also been very challenging for me in my life, especially prior to coming into my own mystical practices. Mm -hmm. As a musician, I found collaboration to be impossible. I still find it impossible. I don't know what it is. I think there's a lot of there's a lot there to unpack for me. And yet, you know, when when I started coming into my mystical self, into my astrologer self, I started realizing that I want nothing more than to continue to collaborate with people because it's just that much more powerful. You know, there's something yeah. that I, I really witnessed even through the challenges that we were both experiencing through charting your course that I would just be there in one of our weekly meetups and just be in awe of what you are able to bring into the container, Bryn. That I personally am not able to do, not because of any lack of skill, but just because that's not my personality. And that's not the human meat suit that I came into this world with, you know? And so like really noticing the ways that collaboration can bring something out of us that we are not able to bring individually and seeing how creating a collaborative container um, and seeing how it can it can help help me in my own personal um, journey too has been massive like for example we were trading voice memos back and forth of of you doing a tarot reading for our collaboration and for this container and me doing an Akashic reading about it has just felt so massive. It's like, I didn't even know we can do that as friends, you know? <laughs> like, why aren't we doing this all the time, right? That we can apply our devotion to mystical practices to help us in creating something together. 
Mm-hmm. So I think that's yeah. what's been really massive, and and on a personal level too. Um, once we have the curriculum kind of down on paper, I was realizing, oh wow, we have a lot to share. Like the two <laughs> of us, between the two of us, like there's just so much that we can share, and there's a part of me that always, um, I think, as a Virgo rising. I'm always a little bit worried about do I have enough to give? Do I have enough to share with others? Can I call myself a facilitator or a teacher? And I think looking at that curriculum and feeling the juiciness of it, I mean, that question is just completely bypassed, you know? I'm not even thinking about those questions anymore because I'm already thinking about what practices, what insights what knowledge what frameworks i'm excited to be sharing and i realized maybe that that question about readiness you are never ready you know you become you ready yourself through the process of saying yes to things Mm, which is something that your aries rising is teaching (laughs) (laughs) that's true yeah oh that's so beautiful yeah, I feel like there's been phases like um, there was the initial exhilaration of um, that. That's the problem. It's not that we don't want to work together. It's anymore. It's just we want to create our own thing together as yes. co-creators yes. from the beginning. Exactly. But then, like, yeah, I, as you know, I just admire you and love you so much that I just felt like, I don't know why I need to be here. Like Jonathan has everything anyone would want as a leader. And like, I don't know why, like, why do I need to be part of this? You know, like, because to me, you're so brilliant and so um, loving. And yeah, I think we both just, in each other's uh, gaze, maybe like uh, we're like in an illusion that the others was brighter or something mm-hmm. like that. And um, had to like really get down inside of myself to be like, what am I bringing? Like, you can't just go through this these motions, like being dragged along. Like you have to know what you're bringing so it was, it was like a healing experience to accept this um, choice to do this together Yeah, because I had to find within myself the self-love and trust that I'm part of this and it's necessary that I'm co-leading this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like um, our sort of mystical shares with one another really helped to turn that like that was like a pivoting. Um, and, uh, and then, so then we, we then got into the work of creating and that was just so fun. Um, Cause we just have a lot of fun dreaming together and we both get are impressed regularly with. <laughs> with what is coming through. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Through. Exactly. And it's like, it's, I I remember being so blown away when you, I don't want to give away too much, but (laughs) when you begin um, reframing 
some of the modules as astrology as fill in the blank. Like astrology mm-hmm. as a healing practice, astrology as an alchemical practice. And yeah, that to me was like, whoa, suddenly like the structure comes alive. And I know. And I think that's something that I've always admired about you too, Britain. I think you, and this is, I, I've been reflecting and contemplating about the trippiness of having a sun in seventh house chart that I have, that mm-hmm. often what I find happens a lot is I notice people's brilliance and just the powerful contribution that they are here to share way before this person even recognizes it. Yes. <laughs> so I like the <laughs> I see it. <laughs> so the process for me has been about like really staying with it and and being like okay, Britain, like how is that possible? <laughs> like I am your biggest fan, you know? Like I am literally <laughs> your biggest fan. Like how can you say that? And also having <laughs> compassion. Like a part of me is like what? But also the other part is really like what does it mean to be a friend and to walk through this process together right yeah because once we emerge out of that process it's just pure play you know so thinking about thinking about what is required in a collaboration for the two parties or however many parties there are in that collaboration to get to that state of pure play Mm -hmm. what healing is required for people to get there what healing is required because and i think part of the re getting to a pivot was our like complete commitment to the energetics of the being of this container basically and yes. like not wanting that that kind of stale energetics of um feeling insecure uh, feeling unsure with the other to be present for both us and for the containers being, and for those who are magnetized to that container. Um, and just like whatever healing needs to happen, we're like, let's just bring it. (laughs) And that was really beautiful. Um, yeah. So thank you. Thank you, Britain. This has been <laughs> lovely. Um, I guess my, as we wrap up, um, my last question for you is, I'm curious if there's anything that you feel excited in your heart to share about this container for folks listening who may be like, ooh, that sounds really exciting. Um, yeah, what feels, what feels good for you to share in this space? Mm. Or maybe, let me rephrase that. Okay. What are your hopes and dreams for the people who are attracted to this container? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like what I'm visualizing that came in is like... Um, Uh, What I'm hearing is like home building, this idea of like allowing the space of this container and the beings that it attracts and the language that 
we're falling in love with together um, to help each individual both know a home inside of themselves in ways that they maybe hadn't before for their own spirit, their freaky, different, gorgeously unique spirit to feel more safe and shining and also to come for the home of letting other people see that shine and have yourself reflected back to you by others and then allowing other people to see themselves through you and it's all like through the medium of this language um and whatever comes from it like i'm excited to witness people like become professional astrologers through this experience i'm excited to witness people move through whatever comes up that is appropriate um, and loving, whether that's healing or some big shifts that they may, may realize they want to make that are the space of this container can be part of an anchor for that. I'm excited to, um, to witness those who find like really, really, really great friends um, and recognize that through the frequency of the, the container, people have found other people to laugh with that they didn't have before. Mm-hmm. Um, like at the most base level, just someone to like send a funny meme to that you didn't have before. Um, because we see this too, because our containers tend to have a lot of laughing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> totally. um even as we talk about serious things. So I'm just, I'm really excited for both the ride of creating um, with you um, in service to this container. And I'm also just excited to be transformed by those who come into it and, and be their witness through whatever comes up. And it'll be different for every single person. There's no expectations about what a result looks like, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. What about you? I'm really excited for, um, I think I've shared this with you before that I had this, I once was in uh, the Akashic Records and I saw this image of the two of us as the grandpa grandma grandparent energy right very jupiterian and kind of welcoming people into a heart-centered way of approaching this language and approach approaching i think most importantly their own process with this mm-hmm. language right because yes. really you cannot plan <laughs> despite your best human intention i think it's very hard to plan what you want to be as an astrologer and and your journey with astrology is a co-creative journey. Like it's always going to be informed by so many different things. And, and yet there's also, you're also bringing a sincere desire to learn from all different angles. And I'm really excited to be constellating this community as you are. 
and also to um to i think explore different ways of facilitating because part of something that feels very important in my own journey as a human being is about learning that being a teacher a facilitator doesn't look any one way mm-hmm. and bringing in kind of this mercurial intelligence of tapping into the moment and feeling into what is most needed at that moment and trusting the process because sometimes a facilitator can be you know playing the role of a wise elder right other times maybe um a really you know a space holding mother or father or parent right other times a facilitator looks like a crazy cousin mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah yeah like a cousin that comes in and just um you know shows you a way into something or a way of learning something that might just seem like a like a crazy scientist way of approaching something you know and i think all of that if we are to relate to one another as human beings is so needed and i think in the in the world of um pedagogy or thinking about what it means to be teachers we have put ourselves in boxes that are unnecessary and potentially even harmful so i'm really excited for myself this is selfishly speaking um i'm really excited in exploring all the different ways that the planets can teach me jonathan co what it means to be a facilitator mhm and in that way you know i i am sure <laughs> we joke a lot about this in human design we're both uh 35 and mm-hmm. so i i also have a lot of faith that my own personal journey is my offering to the world that in in allowing others to witness my process they're also learning something about themselves and discovering things about their own path they probably would not otherwise have discovered yes yes letting yourself be in process as a facilitator yeah that's such a a huge one yeah and um yeah it's going to be great <laughs> i'm excited <laughs> i'm excited i get to hang out with you and everyone who comes on a weekly basis we're going to get pretty tight yeah definitely mm-hmm. feels so good to share and invite more hearts into the space of astrology as praxis 
inviting you into the field of dream and of creation and vision and making that we've been engaged in, Jonathan and me, Jonathan and I. And um, I hope that those of you who listened to this feel inspired or challenged or uh, invited in some way into letting something that came through here create an interesting shift for you, a nourishing one. As I mentioned in the intro, astrology as praxis is a large, sprawling, bodied being. (laughs) Um, We've invited it to be as inclusive a space as all the possibilities of the facets of the human beings that come into its field which means that it's complex and there's like no way to talk about all of it in a conversation that's an hour or two. Um, We'll be talking about topics and fields and themes and queries and dreams and desires that we'll be holding together across Astrology as Praxis all across the four-hour promo period for the class. This one really needed a long promo window because there's like so many worlds. It's almost like, you know, if you go open a map and there's like different lands, you know, it's like, okay, there's the whole of it, but then each little part of the map has its own vibes and foods and songs and ways of inviting you to experience it so we'll be popping up here and there all over ig and um, in our both of our podcasts and through our newsletters sharing all about the different aspects of astrology as praxis and all of it is like to us just such an invitation it's Astrology as Praxis is not about me and Jonathan. It's an invitational space for anyone who feels curious or inspired or even confused. Uh, (laughs) Because, like, bring your confusions, you know? Like, if you're confused, that might mean there is a striving to understand, which is beautiful, right? So, like, bring your, bring it all and hang out in this conversational space over the next months. And some of you may be listening to this after the doors have closed. And we're setting these conversations up to be very alive, whether one is inside the precise course container in time or not. Um, We're inviting everyone into astrology as praxis who resonates in any way with it. So thank you for listening. If you're curious to learn more about the class and get more of the vibe, then I'm encouraging you to do a few things. One 
is go to the course page on my website and or Jonathan's website. We both have course pages. The buttons on our course pages add you to either my mailing list or Jonathan's. And so then the second thing I'm inviting you to do, if you want to like be inside this world of conversation, I'm inviting you to be on both of our newsletters. So getting on both of our lists, because each of us is going to be doing our own writing as we're personally channeling it for the collective vision of astrology as praxis. So each of our newsletters will be talking about different things because Jonathan and I are different humans who um, are caretaking astrology as praxis, but it moves through us and talks to us and brings up different things for each of us as individual humans. So inviting you to be on both of our mailing lists and then following both of us on Instagram, we will be doing a lot of different posts on Instagram, but also at least eight IG lives across the next four weeks. We'll be talking about different fields of astrology as praxis and how moving into those fields is like moving into yourself, your identities, your dreams, your visions, your fears, different depending on the human for each one. Each You belong to all of them. So I um, hope you are excited to sit in on those or catch those replays. And there's probably going to be other stuff that I haven't even listed that will just decide like, oh, I'm feeling this. Do you want to do it? Yeah, I want to do it. Of course I want to do it. Let's do it. <laughs> so that stuff may be coming up that I can't even name yet because promo is just such an alive uh, charged window of time. Um, longtime listeners know that I love promo um, magic. I call it promo magic. And um, this feels different. Like every course being in every iteration of a course, kind of, I just, I can't be one of those people that just like runs out the same stuff. Like, because the promo itself to me has a different energy. And so it's always fun for me because I feel like it's a real window of living in present time to be in promo, you know? Like, yeah, you can do some things in advance and I know people teach about doing things in advance, but like, I just don't work like that. <laughs> I really like to be in present time with promo because the, the being of the container just like that's part of being in relationship to it, you know, is like listening to what wants to come through. And of course, being really gentle with myself. And as I was speaking about at the beginning in terms of listening for inspiration, right? Like we can have these ideas of what promos should look like and like what you should do. And just really sloughing that off from my being so that I show up to promo based on what wants to run through and let that be easeful and fun and more uh, energizing and not depleting than I could imagine possible, right? Calling in that. (laughs) So thank you for being here with me. Thank you for witnessing my process as always with Moon to Moon. 
I'm excited to continue this conversation across different channels with you. And I look forward to hearing from you about how all of this is landing. Cheers.